0: Jan Swift, and you're listening to Discover Lafayette, a podcast dedicated to the people and rich culture of Lafayette, the gateway to South Louisiana. I'd like to thank our sponsors who make our podcast possible. We tape our podcast with the ongoing support of Raider and Jason Sikora, our sound engineer. Raider is a hands-on IT service provider that integrates all of your needs for advanced technical support, effective communication options, and cybersecurity. Raider's motto is, you just want it to work, we understand. Please visit RaiderSolutions.com for more information. Iberia Bank and First Horizon, who are now one bank, Two relationship-driven banks, both leaders in the industry, have officially joined forces. The combination of Iberia Bank and First Horizon creates a leading financial services company dedicated to enriching the lives of their clients, associates, and their communities. I'd also like to thank Lafayette General Health, who has joined the Oshner Health family and is now Oshner Lafayette General. As one health system, Ashner LaFayette General will provide expanded services and enhanced care from the familiar faces you already trust. Ashner LaFayette General means more resources to help solve healthcare's toughest problems, reinvesting in our communities and being further committed to health and wellness. Ashner LaFayette General together means more. Learn more today at togethermeansmore.org. Our guest today is Jerry Prejean, Acadiana Market President of Iberia Bank, a division of First Horizon. Jerry has 28 years of experience in the banking industry. His most recent position with Iberia Bank was that of Senior Vice President and Private Client Group Manager, where he served as head of the private banking team since 2002. Jerry is well known for his philanthropic endeavors and for the time he spends working to improve the quality of life for others. Volunteer activities of note include top leadership roles with the Boys and Girls Club, AMI Kids, Lafayette Central Park, One Acadiana, Rage and Cajuns Athletic Foundation, Community Foundation of Acadiana, Lafayette Economic Development Authority, and United Way of Acadiana. Jerry graduated in finance from USL in 1992. He and his wife, Kay, have two adult children. And this is a personal note that I'm adding in, Jerry, as he sits here. Jerry brings talent and kindness to all of his interactions with others. And it's a pleasure to welcome you to Discover Lafayette, Jerry. Thank you mm, for joining us. Thank you, us. I appreciate yeah. those, that we warm met, introduction. Well, I mean, we met through, I think, Boys and Girls Club. Exactly. A while back. Right. I mean, I kind of knew who you were, but you have been involved in so many community endeavors, and yet you're also well-known for your banking acumen and helping professionals. You know, you help people you have until your current position as market president. You've really focused on helping professionals take care of personal business and and their business. But you bring the whole picture, I think, to Iberia Bank. I think that's why you've been there so long and haven't moved. Like, you're the perfect person for a bank that... Makes our community great, no. and I, I want to get in that plug. Y'all, y'all have been sponsoring Discover Lafayette, but you should have been on the show a while back. Oh, I, thank I regret. You. We've just
1: we're just doing that. You know, so. I'm, you know, I'm a little bashful. so I know. Uh, certainly and, wasn't going to raise my hand to come on this. Well, my thanks daughter for inviting Ke- me in.
0: Thank you, my daughter All Kelly's right. here with us, and I was telling her before we started, I reached out to you and. Asked you to be a guest, and you said, well, no, <laughs> nobody wants to hear my story. And I said, well, no, give that up.
1: Well, I think it's a, the spin is no one wants to hear me talk about themselves. I think that was more of, of, of well, my reluctancy.
0: Why don't we talk about others? Then? Right. So a- if you can talk about you and your family, I don't really know your story about... How did you end up at USL? Well, the, that's l- now you, you know,
1: I've had a uh, very unique upbringing in Lafayette. Uh, Mom and dad were both uh, born in the late 1990, uh, 1919, roughly, oh, okay. made it through the Depression, and really uh, very limited education. Dad had um, zero formal education until he entered World War II. Mom had up until eighth grade and then beyond in order to make high school uh, there wasn't transportation available to african american families so she could not attend paulboro which was probably about a 15 to, probably about a 15 mile track probably about a 5 mile track from she grew up in the southern part of the parish near yeah. kind of where our lady of lourdes is now Unfortunately, oh my so,
0: goodness, that was country,
1: right? So I grew up in uh, the little community of Macomb yeah. and uh, moved to the colli Road area, and I was probably about five or six, but continued to go to school at the little Catholic school, all-black Catholic school, Immaculate Heart of Mary, of up course, until fifth on grade. 12, yeah. So we were vested in that in that community, and it really set the foundation of really seeing uh, and connecting with a lot of the families in that area.
0: So. That was quite a drive, though, to yes, get to 12th right. Street. Dad,
1: at the time, was a chef at Oakbourne. I so see. I would so get dropped near, off yeah. on his way to work and then picked up whenever he was done or between between shifts, if you would.
0: What are your parents' names?
1: Uh, Joe and Inez Prejant. Oh, yeah. um,
0: yeah.
1: Okay. So anyway, they, because of their lack of education, it was really forced all of our kids to really focus on Mm -hmm. getting a good education and breaking the cycle of poverty. And thank God we've had very influential parents, and uh, and with their involvement, we were able to get through. I've got two older brothers that are physicians. Uh, The third brother went to University of Pennsylvania Law School. He's now a musician in. Switzerland. Wow, Jerry. Uh, and then a sister who is here working for Lafayette Parish School That's system. a big family. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I had very fortunate. They were all uh, a few years older than me. Mm-hmm. There were about a one and two year gap between them, and then an 11 year gap in parents' You're had the me, baby? So I'm the baby.
0: Like the uh, miracle.
1: That's it. Yep. And my mom still would say, Oh, I'm so glad I had that last week. But anyway, that, Sounds like you kelly <laughs> that allowed me especially my later years at immaculate heart yeah. hear the kids talk about the boys club the boys club which was mm-hmm. i think founded in 70 72 and how they were so excited to go to the boys club and um and it, it really resonated with me and how the impact that that organization had on those kids at an early age and as i got into banking an opportunity presented itself to to really sit on that board mm-hmm. and be a bank representative on that board, and I really connected with the mission, connected with the kids, and uh, and really probably got more out of it than the kids got out of it. to Be honest probably with you.
0: Probably so. Yes. Yeah.
1: It was. Uh, it was a great experience, and I uh, sat on that board for 25 years, actually.
0: I know you just stepped down in 2019. 2019, um,
1: I had some other responsibilities, yeah. primarily with AMI Kids, mm-hmm. but uh, I saw the pro- the organization was on great footing, had a great leadership, and uh, I saw an opportunity to kind of move on right. and do some other things.
0: Let's look at your uh, time at USL, which is now UL Lafayette. You graduated in finance Correct. in uh, 1992. Right. Did you... No, you wanted to be a banker like what were you looking
1: for uh, well actually time? i had a very unusual uh college upbringing i basically worked full-time tell me I, about that and, and i you worked, worked in full-time retail. i had a great uh, retail uh, experience with the abdala family mm-hmm. so um i was at 19 years old i was a full-time manager of a brother's mall store and just the interaction with people and dealing with Folks from different backgrounds oh, of really scale, like, really was yeah. a... a, a, a I, I think I probably learned more there mm-hmm. in that environment than I did probably more in a classroom environment about
0: people or about, about business? people
1: and about sales about networking about getting along with folks and mm-hmm. being able to connect with people that are from very various backgrounds.
0: Did you make commission?
1: Uh, I did at the beginning and then at the end I was uh, more in, in the management and I uh, mm-hmm. certainly made a commission on. My Team and uh, did you
0: learn how to dress there? uh, I did. How did you dress before? Um, Did you show up with an afro? Like, I've got to ask
1: uh, early on, yes. Yes. I mean,
0: I've just got to think that was the style that you probably had to learn quickly to be a real retail,
1: right? You know, like, no, but I gotta tell you, the Abdala family were basically it took me to market, they exposed me to a lot of. Dealings with vendors and and how to manage client complaints and this and that. So it was was a great experience.
0: Right.
1: Yeah. So I know you
0: had told me that. that So I chipped
1: away at my degree while working full time and got the degree in finance and basically took those people skills, developed some analytical skills with the degree in finance, and combined the two and and literally now selling a different product, which was. Banking products.
0: So you started with Bank One. Was that f and in 1993? It 90, was First 93? National Bank of
1: Lafayette Okay. Uh, in ninety three, and then I think it probably became about ninety eight, it became Bank One, and then I moved on to Iberia yeah. Bank in 2002.
0: And I mean, Iberia Bank was just blown and going then. Yeah. They
1: really were just starting their right. growth We were trajectory. very fortunate to be uh, one of the chosen one when Daryl started yeah. putting the team together, and it really created a lot of opportunity mm-hmm. for me, especially... You know the infancy stages of Daryl's team. Right,
0: right. Yeah. So I have an older daughter. Taylor is. She was born in '92, and I know we have children that are similar ages. So you were really just starting your career when you were starting your family. Right. You know your yes. young family.
1: Well, I was probably um, early, late twenties, early thirties uh-huh. when I finished and, and started yeah. my family together. Yes. Yeah.
0: So tell me... I know you did the same thing at, at Bank One. Um, you were dealing with private banking, and I don't know if a lot of people know what that is. Like, I've, um, I'm have i not sure if a lot of people understand Certainly. what uh, private, private banking, banking is. The private banking segment
1: really focuses on the affluent uh, segment of the population, primarily a lot of uh, professionals, whether it be CPAs, physicians, uh, uh, attorneys folks that have uh, may have sold their businesses but the concept is to have one point of contact mm-hmm. to handle any personal needs any business needs that they may have and then as the relationship evolves then we start talking investments mm-hmm. estate planning transfer mm-hmm. wealth from one generation to the other and uh, so but the point is one point of contact pick up the phone and that one person can handle right. anything from mortgages to Refinance to work with you on investments and in the, the whole gamut.
0: So if people have questions about what should my will say, how do I deal with young children, that I might need to set up a trust, like you, you exactly. have resources you can call. We for have them. folks
1: on our team that can handle that.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah. I didn't. I never realized that. Oh no, yes. I know you've helped well, us for we years. Well, we would advise
1: yeah. uh, folks, and then we would get uh, the right, attorneys yeah. involved to actually yeah. um, draw up the documents.
0: Right. I remember our little. We have you know kind of small time. Issues, but just trying to buy a condo on campus, and we would come to you guys, and you would help us with, you know, we have this house that's our asset, but we're trying to buy this for cash, and you would help us figure Amazing. out the yeah. best way to do it. But
2: Good.
1: Did we get it done?
0: We did. Good. We Great. did. We've almost paid off that 10-year note, too. So, <laughs> Yeah, so what... I want to ask you, before we get into all your philanthropic things, you know, you're, you just were named a Market President. Like, literally, after I asked you to be on the show, Jerry, I saw the news blurb, and what is it about banking that you think is good for young people? I'd like you to talk about your career. I know Jacob Growth is following in your footsteps, mm-hmm. and I, I think banking is a wonderful career for anyone, but... You know, if you can talk about what you like the most about banking, what maybe young people could look at if they want to pursue this as a career. Well, I like the
1: fact that we can sort of help people sort of formalize their dreams and really put a plan in place to help them accomplish uh, those dreams. I think that's the biggest piece. And um, uh, the big thing I tell young folks is, you know, don't get caught up in the credit card debt don't get, right. and learn learn to manage the credit exposure. Folks kind of have a tendency to jump mm-hmm. in to credit card, and it really impacts their their yeah. ability to borrow in the future. Whether mm-hmm. it be um, uh, them not, you know, even having a decent credit score, but more importantly, you know, they strap themselves down with debt, which they can't afford any additional debt. Right. which will impede them from acquiring a home or a car or whatever they would like to accomplish.
0: And gosh, accomplish in the past 15 years, we've seen how a hurricane or a pandemic or even just a oil and gas ups and downs can affect you in ways that you can't plan for. Right. So if you're maxed out, you're yes. not able to respond. You can easily
1: get painted in the corner and, right. uh, and right. fall into trouble.
0: You graduated in finance. I'm not sure what Jacob Groth graduated in. If someone wanted to pursue a career such as yours, are there things they should be in, or is banking open to
1: banking? Is open, but my preference would be some sort of business degree, primarily accounting, finance, or management. There are several entry points into banking. Uh, A lot of it is through the branch system working your way as a teller to maybe uh, a new accounts person and then possibly branch manager. And then there is also the business, the uh, commercial side of the bank, which may come in more Mm -hmm. as a credit analyst looking at uh, credit packages to a portfolio manager to a junior commercial loan officer and then work mm-hmm. your way up to more of leadership, like a market president or something like that. So
0: you can that. learn how to read a balance sheet and exactly. figure out if somebody's credit worthy.
1: Well, again, decide yeah. if the deal's worthy or not, mm-hmm. basically.
0: Right. Yes. So before we take a break, I, I do want to get in that Jerry Vasquez is who you replaced. And mm-hmm. Jerry's been given a promotion also yes. within Iberia Bank, a division of First Horizon. But you'll both be in this... Lafayette Market, if you can discuss that. You'll, you'll both be here in, on site.
1: Jerry has gotten a position with the new combined company as head of the uh, commercial lending division for the entire footprint of the company. And uh, very fortunate, you know, with, with that position, Jerry can live anywhere he would like in one in the footprint. He chooses to remain in Lafayette, mm-hmm. so that's a big plus. He's a he's a good friend, and he is a good ally, and we can get a lot done here. So w- between Jerry's presence... Uh, Beth Ordway, mm-hmm. who's our head of our communications, is here. We've got a lot of our the company's leadership here in, in Acadiana. I
0: think that's going to be important yeah. for us moving forward. I would agree. Especially as Lafayette transitions from our dependence on the oil and gas industry. It's good to have a, a big presence here
1: yes, thank in Lafayette.
0: You. Thank so let's take a break. Um, I'd like to look back at a past interview I did with Isaac Williams and... Isaac, I'm not sure he still has that position, but he was running the AMI Kids locally in Branch, Louisiana, which is right across the border. They're in um, Acadia Parish, but it's a group I know that is near and dear to your heart. It is. And Isaac has dedicated his, his, I think, his career to helping young men in particular that can do the right things, and they've made a few mistakes, but it gives them a chance through AMI Kids to get back on track. Let's take a listen.
2: Is at the ages that we work with, between 12 and 18, they don't necessarily need additional friends. They need role models, mm-hmm. they need authoritative figures, and. They need someone to tell them, say, hey, you're wrong. When you're wrong, you're wrong. When you're right, you're right. And I'm telling you you're wrong because I care about you, and I want to see you do better. This is how you do better. Right. As a matter of fact, I'm going to role model to you what you should do in these situations. So role modeling is, is a big part, and having a mentor, somebody who's mm-hmm. gone through those experiences can tell you that. I tell the kids all the time, experience is so valuable. If yeah. you can learn from other people's experience without it costing you anything, mm-hmm. you need to take advantage of that. And so that's a big component. Right.
0: And one thing for many of us, if we fail, especially as, as young people, we have a safety net. You know, if we're if we're lucky enough to have an intact family where a mother, father, or both can tell us, you know, don't do that again. <laughs> we told you not to do it. We meant it. You're mm-hmm. punished. But I know a lot of these young men probably don't have that, that uh, stability that they might need in their lives. Is that what you've seen
2: in your experience? Yeah, unfortunately, that is true. Um most of our kids, uh, the, you know, all kids need direction and discipline and, and leadership in their lives, but unfortunately, some of our kids avoid that. And when, they, when they're getting leadership, they're mm-hmm. getting it from the wrong people. And because maybe mom or dad is, is not in the home to, to be structured, mm-hmm. they rely on, on outside sources to give them direction. And most, in most cases, that's not proper direction. So yeah. they learn a lot of bad things and poor, poor decision making, poor oh. judgment which leads them to come to us. So what we try and do is, is help them uh, be critical thinkers, understand what lifelong learning is really about, uh, help them make better choices. And we do that through uh, some of our uh, life skills, curriculums mm-hmm. that we have there in, in our education.
0: Welcome back to Discover Lafayette. We're here with Jerry Prejean, Acadiana Market President of Iberia Bank, a division of First Horizon. We're here in Lafayette, Louisiana. Jerry, we've talked about your banking career, and there's probably so much more you could have told us, but you've basically dedicated your life on the business side to helping people who are affluent run their businesses, take care of their personal lives. Mm -hmm. There's a whole contingent of people that you've also dedicated your life to. And if I may say, many of them are our youngest and most vulnerable and without exception, the things I look at is your work with the Boys and Girls Club. You've been with, you were with them until 2019 for over two decades. In AMI Kids, you've done some other things too, but let's focus on your heart for who you give your time to. You didn't just do that to build a resume.
1: No. I uh, Early on in working with these kids... I really connected with the kids and really saw them light up when they would have that personal connections. Jan, just like we were when we were kids, you may have had parents to relate to and connect to. You may have had an uncle. You may have had an elementary school teacher, like I had Mr. Anderson, sixth grade, that saw something in me that I didn't see in myself. Exactly. And just to watch... Connection and the bonding and the I don't know, the mentoring that happens in organizations like that, and watch these kids that may come in with you know tough shells and t- tough guys, and then they open up, and it's really just a kid right. that needs some attention and needs to be recognized, just as mm-hmm. our parents did for us. And Was
0: Boys and Girls Club your first big? Commitment. I think
1: my first big commitment, problem when I was 18 or 19 years old, I did some volunteer work, uh, uh, assistant coaching Little League T-Ball. You did? Yeah. And that was some of the...
0: Where was that? That
1: was in uh, the St. Pius area. Yeah. And there were kids from various backgrounds. And were you some a ball of, player? No, you're so tall. You didn't play ball. Well, I played basketball, but I I didn't know anything about baseball until. uh, But what I knew was to kind of help organize and get the kids kind of going. And a lot of the kids had, you know, very involved parents. Some of them didn't, and uh, and just to see the kids light up and to see the relationships that I still have now, whether it be with the kids or with the adult coaches that I have. Worked with over time. I was probably 17, 18, 19 during that period, and the network that I built with some of the dads there mm-hmm. were, I mean, I mean, some of the dads were at the end of the summer. Jerry, what's your plans for college? Where are you going right. to be this summer? And do I need to find you a summer job? So oh. just those that network. That wow.
0: But if I'm thinking back about what you said, you were working. You ended up working. Correct. At of Dallas. Right. And you were in school.
1: And in school. And, and
0: you were coaching. Right. So right. you were really, yeah, I had you didn't have much free time. Yeah, I had a did not have
1: a dad that was very involved. So I kind of stepped in you and wanted into to that. kind of work with him. Yeah. And, and, and uh, But just the network that was created by just doing the goodwill yeah. and the relationships you built with the kids really kind of lit the fire at a very uh-huh. early age. And then as I got into banking, an opportunity presented itself to sit on the the... Boys and Girls of the Acadiana's board yeah. as a bank rep. Mm-hmm. And then with us interacting with the kids and allowing us to uh, kind of raise money and resources for them and, and expose the program to the community, really. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, kept the fire going, if you it's will. It's a
0: great organization. I've had Miss Andrade on the show yeah. before. This is
1: doing a wonderful job. We could job. have looked
0: back at her interview, too. She is doing a bang-up job. Yes. I mean, they're all are expanding, and they're expanding into Lake Charles yes. area. I love
1: the way they pivoted during COVID. And really. She's a fresh eye. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. So the Boys and Girls Club, most of us have heard about. We all know about the ducks. You know, you can buy a duck and hopefully mm-hmm. win a car or whatever, but... AMI kids, and I mentioned my interview with Isaac Williams. That's a whole different level of it need. It is, and that is heartwarming. I've I've been there to Branch, and you were there again. You always, you never, you're never there in the front waving your hands, but you're there in the background,
1: well, supporting. I've been that involved imp- since it impressive. opened in uh, KDN in 2008, and uh, it's a residential facility mm-hmm. in Branch, which is about. Ten minutes north of Rain, right, and um, we have 36 slots there, mm-hmm. where kids that have been convicted of minor to moderate crimes, uh, 12 to 17, roughly, mm-hmm. boys, and uh, really just need some guidance and to help get their lives mm-hmm. back on track.
0: But if they don't get on track there, if they don't follow the rules, they they will end up in a juvenile detention right. facility. This is their a, last stop.
1: This is a low security facility mm-hmm. there's not there are no you know no, chain there's leg no bars fence. i didn't see anything. there's no yeah. razor wire these are all just basically
0: they're nice kids too yeah
1: yeah so but kids that have just made a bad choice early on mm-hmm. and that just needs some some direction yeah. if you would uh, same things like, again, like our parents did, uh, firm handshake, look at folks in the eye and, yeah. and, and, just, you know, and, but we all know that kids, there's several studies that have come out that kids are just, their brains, especially boys, their yeah. brains are just not developed and it's a it's shame a that they would be penalized for the rest of their lives mm-hmm. if they didn't get that second chance. So, uh, the program is as about a 90% effective yeah. effectiveness, um, and it teaches, you know, every kid that will come in has an individual treatment plan designed for their mm-hmm. needs. Uh, and once the kid works through the program um, and the way we gauge effectiveness is whether or not they would recommit within the first year of completing the program. And 90% of them they do. Have, do do not recommit within that first year.
0: That mean recommit means. I mean,
1: re- reoffend, okay. or they be, don't or, end up back in trouble, or receive another charge or whatever. Okay. The so. thing
0: that parallels, I think, the Boys and Girls Club and A.M.I. kids that I remember from my time dealing with both was that the sad part is a lot of the kids want to do the right thing, and then they have to go back to their neighborhood where all the problems were, and they have to survive. And right. so I remember Boys and Girls Club hearing from kids saying, God, when I'm there on site, I'm safe. Mm-hmm. But I have to go back to my neighborhood, and I get pulled in. And my kids, they have to go back to their same site. You know, if they're successful, they re-assimilate into their own community, and they have to be strong to, right. well, to AMI handle kids, those stresses.
1: Um, part of the, the training that they go through is just basically giving them the tools to... Handle those distractions once once they're back home. Whether it be dealing with anger management issues, whether it be dealing with substance abuse issues, there are mental health counselors mm-hmm. on site there to, to kind of help with that treatment plan, and it's it's all giving them the tools that they need to survive in um, mm-hmm. in their in, at their home in their do neighborhoods. You,
0: do you think the importance of the volunteers such as you and others? Um, mm-hmm is to provide them mentoring. Like, they, they need more than just the tools. I think they need these adults, like right. you, Jerry, and Mimi Meffin, and no, others. They we, that can uh, tell them, we're, you know, we care about you.
1: Right. We have, um, the majority of the funding comes through Office of Juvenile Justice. But that provides, uh, basically, three square meals, a cot, and certified teachers. Uh, the whole concept behind AMI Kids is more of a token economy, and we re- reward these kids with activities that may be off campus, uh, uh, taking them to the movie, taking them to pizza night. Mm-hmm. But once they basically display positive behavior, we will reward them with those types of uh, right. activities. And then down the road, we were, you know there's like forty plus AMI Kids programs throughout the country and I'm fortunate enough to be the national board chair for the AMI Kids Inc the national board uh, but twice a year we, you know with uh, part of the reward is we'll pull kids from all 40 programs and they compete more of an olympic style committee where they'd be wow. uh, you know track and field yeah. to uh, uh, what's what's the what do you call it when they do the uh, quiz bowls oh really yeah quiz bowls oh. to and just the camaraderie Get them on a different track the just camaraderie a, okay. the team building and mm-hmm. uh, it's in, and those are the types of rewards that the state contract does not cover so it requires Board members like me to and kind of create and private
0: investors, and private investors yeah.
1: to create some awareness of the program and right. to continue to fund those extracurricular activities. If well, I'd be
0: remiss if I didn't mention our mutual friend Tony Gordon. Oh yeah, I don't know if Tony knows about my podcast, but Tony hosted a event at his home one night, and that's when I learned about AMI Kids. And I, Mike Newstrom was there. I passed. Sheriff of Lafayette Parish, right. who was a key player in
1: yes. bringing this to
0: branch. And uh, it's got such a wonderful board. We've got a great
1: locally. board. Um, yeah. Lenny Lemoyne was yes. one of the founding board members, mm-hmm. myself, uh, Sheriff Newstrom. We had uh, D.A. Mike Harson at the time, um, several folks. And it was really it was mm-hmm. heavy lifting to get it open. Very heavy. And to yeah. keep it going. Right. 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 So um, we're very fortunate that we've got the we right. momentum. of of the community behind us and really keeping it going.
0: Well, I want to commend you on what you do for the nonprofit world. And there are other nonprofits you've been involved in, and it involves more of a mentoring for adults. And so if we can talk about your engagement, I know that you served as chair of Lafayette Economic Development Authority You've been very involved with United Way, and I, I think I read that you're going to be—is it secretary or treasurer of uh, One in Cadiana?
1: I am, yeah, secretary yes, secretary of One in
0: Yeah, so that's—you've got a lot of, you know, grown-up yeah. activities too going on that helps business people.
1: Right. You know, I—it's—it's um, important that we continue to try to diversify our economy. It's important that we continue to uh, retain a lot of our young folks retain mm-hmm. and then attract new businesses to lafayette so my involvement with as chair and, and past board member with uh with lita uh, lafayette economic development authority really saw the need to kind of help continue to attract businesses here and and, and piggybacking on that and of course i think my involvement with Moncas park or lafayette central park yes. is part of that quality of life component that is needed for retaining and attracting, mm-hmm. especially our young creative minds to Lafayette, you know we're constantly being uh, compared to Austin or Nashville or even step Houston. Up. Yeah, my kids are in New Orleans. <laughs> I mean, so I'm tired of hearing my kids. Oh, mm-hmm. I went to Alderman Park today. We did this to walk the dog, and 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 they they need yeah. that quality of life component, right? To uh, Feel. Feel. I interviewed
0: uh, E.B. Brooks recently, and one thing that stayed with me from the interview was she said that capable investors, people that have the money to invest in a large way in places like Moncus Park, they get they get the value that their money brings. If they give to Moncus Park, if they give to the arts and culture they know that that brings in more business because people do want to see a thriving community. And not, they're, they're not just worried about roads and drainage, which are crucial, but people want to move to a place that they feel that their families will enjoy it and there's something to do, yeah. green space, you know.
1: And the, uh, the public's perception sometime, I think Moncus Park is funded by our Parks and Recreation Department. And this is... Uh, not the case at all. We don't have any uh, direct line items from the city or the parish. Mm-hmm. It's on pure uh, private support. Um, and we do have a little bit of capital campaign that may come from the state mm-hmm. for various little projects, but that's certainly not going right. to be able to carry us and keep the doors open. So right. I would certainly encourage folks to kind of look at that as a, uh, mm-hmm. a possibility It's a great park. I can't wait for... Uh, Some of the elements that are under construction now. I know Iberia Bank was a big supporter. We we were the underwriters of the amphitheater. Yeah. So uh, I'm a big fan of outdoor music and uh, love to see the uh, the various programming that may come out of that park.
0: Now, I know you're an athlete, and I see that you've been engaged with Raging Cajuns Athletic Foundation. Where, where did you play basketball? Was oh, that high school? Was, no,
1: it was a high school only. It wasn't I like junior
0: a, high only. It was high school. High school, no. right. Uh, <laughs> I'm giving Como you a hard high. time. But um,
1: <laughs> no, I'm a big fan of primarily of uh, a lot of the Raging Cajuns sports, football and basketball mm-hmm. in particular. Uh, I love watching uh, yeah. Bob Morel and his team. He's a... Uh, He's very animated and right. uh, passionate about the team and the program, and I just love it. Right. So he's doing a phenomenal job.
0: Right. Well, as we, as we wind down, Jerry, I want to ask you, I mean, you probably could have moved other places for your career. You could have moved outside of Lafayette, but you've been here your whole life. What do you like about living here in Lafayette?
1: Oh, I love connecting with my family. My wife is from here. Our kids uh, really connect with our families, and just the quality of life. I... Uh, I got to tell you, you know, I'm, if any young professional out there, I would say really not only invest monetarily in your community, but really get involved. Mm-hmm. In the, the the rewards are, are endless, uh, and I think we've got a great uh, culture here. I think we've got a great uh, cohesiveness in this community, and really, I mean, there's mm-hmm. some great opportunities to bring folks together on a positive note. So I think... Um, I certainly like a lot of the culture, the outside, the outdoor music, and a lot of the outdoor events. But um, I think it's a great place to raise a family, and I want hopefully my kids will do that one day.
0: Me too. Yeah. Yeah, I hope my kids stay in the area. <laughs> and in closing, I want to say, you know, it seems that being a banker, you've got to make connections, but it also gives you an opportunity to give back. You've been afforded. A great opportunity by your your banking profession to get involved. Not everybody can do this. You know, so many people have to be in the office eight to five. Well, thank you for bringing that up. But I mean, banking in particular, lawyers somewhat, accountants maybe, but bankers really tend to give back to our community in a lot of ways.
1: Not only am I very fortunate to work for a company that gives me that flexibility of my schedule not only they give me the flexibility, but they would encourage me to right. go out and do some of the work that I would like to do. And I think it's huge. Uh, and a lot of the banks are all out there doing their part. But um, I'm very fortunate to work for a company that really has supported me in my endeavors, even though some of them could be, uh, you know, a little challenging, especially with this uh, national board chair with AMI Kids. Yeah. It's kept me a little bit uh, away from the office. But uh, Thank God with technology, you still can stay connected and still get things done. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Did I miss any questions you no, wanted me you to were ask? Great. I love this. Yeah. Jerry Prejean. Thank God. you, Jerry, for I'm having just me. i so glad we're friends. Not and here. I want to congratulate you again on just being named Acadiana Market President of Iberia Bank, a division of First Horizon. And we look forward to great things as the bank continues to grow and evolve. Um, thank you for your sponsorship of this podcast. And we didn't do this because you were a sponsor you were on my list and you did not want to do the show so thank you oh, wow. <laughs> you don't want to be tooting your own horn right. I, I should put it like that okay. so thank you for sharing what you do and maybe people will become more interested in banking or volunteering for yes. some of these causes well listen so.
1: thank you for having me and it's I appreciate uh, your podcast and the guests that you've Thank you. Thus far. Yeah. Keep it up.
0: And let's thank our listeners also. I appreciate the people that tune in to Discover Lafayette. You can go to your phone, click the, um, the podcast app, and subscribe to Discover Lafayette. Or you can visit discoverlafayette.net and listen to Jerry's interview along with about 220 others, believe oh. it or not. We've been doing this since April 2017. I want to thank our sponsors, of course, Iberia Bank, a division of First Horizon. Ochsner Lafayette General and of course Raider who's been making this podcast possible by helping technically and I want to give a shout out to Jason Sikora for making us sound so professional on behalf of Discover Lafayette this is Jan Swift thank you so much for listening